Welcome to China Tech Talk, a weekly discussion of technology and startups here in China. I'm John Artman, editor in chief of TechNote, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew Brennan, founder of China Channel. So this week,、um, it's just Matt and I. We're going to be discussing a little bit、um, about some、uh, the, some recent news about mobile payments and looking a little bit at、um, what's happening between Alipay and and WeChat Pay.、Um, but one of the things that really kind of got us going. Going on this topic was、uh, a recent feature that、um, that Alipay is testing out at, at KFC, and and it's pretty funny because when Matt proposed this topic, I was a bit you know、uh, grumpy about it because you know for me I'm I just don't really understand you know why it's such a big deal,、um, but but Matt seems to think that that it is. So so Matt, so looking at the smile to pay feature that Alipay introduced at, at KFC, I mean like. You know, it, it's gotten a lot of coverage so far. We chose not to cover it on TechNode because, again, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. But, but, but why? Why is it a big deal? You know, try to try to convince me on this one. Oh, John, major mistake there. You didn't cover it.、Um, no, it's, to be honest,、uh, Smile to Pay I think is a good、uh, jumping-off point for for this topic that we want to cover today about sort of how Alipay, WeChat Pay are、uh, disrupting retail、uh, banking in China. And、um, smile to pay is interesting.、Um, I also, I actually agree with you, John. I think it's not a bigger deal as people make out, but it got a lot of press coverage、um, because it just looks cool. Essentially, the idea is cool, right? It's it's just、um, paying with your face or smiling to pay is essentially, you know, a really interesting concept. Um, and and, and they, they, Alipay released a short video there, and, and in the Chinese,、uh, at the end of the video, they're talking about how, oh yeah, this is the future, and you know, you don't even need a phone when you when you're in, in the future. You won't even need to take your phone. You just、like, go into a store, grab something, and and and、uh, and, and smile at the camera, and then you, you've paid.、Um, stuff like that, which is. Yeah, a, a very interesting concept. I think、uh, obviously we're not there yet. We're very far away from that,、uh, and maybe that's not the direction. Actually, personally, I don't think that's the direction it's going to go in. Anyway,、uh, I think it will be phone-based,、uh, to be honest. But、um, it, it is interesting that they've got they've got a workable demo out.、Um, Tencent isn't isn't very far behind in this area, to be honest.、Uh, they actually won a competition in in facial recognition、uh, technology.、Um, And so they've got a quite a strong team in sort of facial recognition as well.、Uh, but Alipay has been the first one to bring it to market, and、uh, it's got big local coverage.、Um, and、uh, yeah, perhaps it is a big deal about、uh, about, about nothing、uh, in terms of like it's this has been possible for a while. I, I think they demoed it on a stage, right?、Um, I remember Jack Ma demoing it. When was that, John? That was quite a while back. That was a while back, yeah. Yeah, so they've they've demoed it before. Quite, I mean, that might have been a year or two ago in my, in my mind.、Um, so it's not anything new, but you know, bringing it, having a demonstration in KFC, I think is what is what、um, brought people's attention. Yeah, yeah. The reason the reason I was that I was a bit grumpy about it is.、Um Is in part because I mean you know this is、uh, to, to their credit in a sense is that Alibaba has great PR,、um, you know obviously、yes. as as、uh, as a media worker you know we're we're exposed、um, to their to their PR people both internally and、uh, some of the agencies that that they employ and and look they're they're all really good、uh, they're all really good、uh, at, at at what they do. 
And so, you know, when I first when I first saw the smile to pay, you know, I immediately rolled my eyes because it it feels very much much like a gimmick, kind of like uh, what you know Samsung did with um, with some of their with some of their smartphones by putting a by putting you know the the touchscreen on the side of the phone, you know, in order to try to get people interested. And yeah, it is it is a cool feature, but it's not it's not that big of a deal. And I think that you know one of the reasons that it got so much play um, internationally. You know, all over the place is number one because yes, it is a cool feature, but also because um, Alibaba has has a great PR machine in the, in in the works. Um, and it's funny because I was actually looking That's at fair. looking at our, our 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 website the other day, and I realized that we run quite a bit of Alibaba stories um, in in you know for 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 better or for worse. So when I when I look at something like this, um, I think that. The there to my mind the problems all already start start coming up you know so for example uh, smile to pay so so what happens when there's um, a lot of people in in the background wait lining up uh, waiting waiting to order is it is it going to work um, how how well like how big of a smile do you actually have to um, have I mean can you can you smirk can it can it be like uh, or does it have to be like a Cheshire cat grin or something like that. Um, and then also, you know, looking at all the problems that facial recognition has for uh, f- like that, that Chinese developed facial recognition has for non-Chinese people. So I think that, you know, one of the reasons perhaps, I mean, this, this might sound a little bit bad, but one of the reasons that I think that that facial recognition in China is working so well is because of a homogenous gene pool uh, where people in general, I mean, obviously it's not completely true. And yes, of course, there are um, different ethnicities who live in China with different facial structures, different, uh, different body types and things like that. Um, but, you know, so I think, I, but, but you, the thing is like you take a Chinese developed facial recognition tool and you apply that to someone like myself, to a foreigner, someone with with darker skin, maybe from Africa, and I, and I do have to wonder how well this this is going to work. And so, yeah, again, it's it, it is it is a cool feature, but it seems to me that there's still a bunch of problems. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, this 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 recent demonstration at KFC, um, it was just it was just there to create buzz. I totally agree that Alipay has great PR, um, and Alibaba has a great PR. Not it's not just Jack Ma. I think they're just a, a very internationally focused company, and um, yeah, they, I mean they do things like write their own sort of propaganda reports about how great their features are. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's it's stuff that uh, the other guys just don't do in China, uh, and they do it in English. And and um, in terms of uh, Alipay and WeChat Pay, you know, internationalizing Alipay is way ahead. Um, and, their, and their PR on it's way ahead um, of, of where of where Tencent are. Um, I don't necessarily. I, for me, it's not about the technology. Is it going to work or is it not going to work? Uh, I think they'll work it out. I mean, it's it's going to have teething problems, um, but the, the AI behind it is just going to get better and better, um, and uh, it, it's just a matter of time. I, I'm more concerned about. You know, is this actually reducing friction? The 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 the, the video demonstration of the smile to pay did not actually, in my mind, reduce the friction in terms or the convenience in terms of making a payment. In fact, it added to it. Um, 
Now, you know, paying with your phone in China at the moment is 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 literally tap to pay. I mean, it's is that convenient. So, going from tap to pay to 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 facial recognition is actually um, takes longer. Um, so, there's a question about that. Is it, will it will consumers adopt it because it's not actually in in the, right now in that demonstration? It's clearly not more convenient than what's available. Um, and then I also have a worry of um, government control because I think in China it's um, once this technology, if if this technology becomes widely used, um, essentially it's uh, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be used also by the government. So um, we're going into a place where your face is uh, an identifier for for payments and and uh, and for. Uh, data that's being used by companies to track you. Oh, totally. Um, that that same that same logic applies to the government. So essentially, in a situation where anywhere where there's a camera, you can be tracked. Um, and I, I, when I did a bit of research on Smile to Pay, so I, I, I looked up what Tencent's doing in this area, and then on their website, it's all about like. Um, government uh, working together with government agencies to to provide government services, but it immediately uh, sort of like. That, that red flag popped up in my mind of like, hang on, this is, uh, yeah, this is what this is going to be used for in the future, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's more of a concern for people here in China, I guess. But but globally, it's also a concern when your face is the is the is the it's essentially um, being being able to recognised by 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 large organisations. It's also going to be recognised by governments, and um, and that means you can't hide your your, your personal privacy will be uh, will be compromised. Yeah, for every for 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 better for better or for worse. Yeah, um, exactly. you know this this reminds me of a story um, I read uh, about a month ago about um, a a little boy. So um, so a boy and his father, um, and I can't remember where exactly, but a boy and his father were out. They were in some public square somewhere, and uh, the father lost track of the boy who's like three, four, five years old. And and the thing is, in China, um, you know, child kidnapping is not that rare. Um, it happens. It hap- it, it happens uh, more often than than you might think, and. Um, historically, it's been very difficult to track down the kids once they've been kidnapped, um, and so you know, obvious. And so this the the father, you know, he the his the first thing that he does is he is he finds is he finds the 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 police, and with facial recognition technology, the police are able to find uh, the the last place where where the child was, and ultimately recover the child. Thank God. Um, you know, and, 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 and therefore ensure ensuring his safety and making sure that nothing horrible happens, um, that he's not, you know, um, sold into, you know, ba- basically slavery and some type of uh, brick kiln or something like that. Um, and so, so the thing is, I mean, you look at facial recognition technology, a lot of different technology, and the government is um, actively exploring ways to uh, to use this technology again for for better or for worse, and so and a lot of it has comes down to do with um, enforcement mechanisms. Um, the Chinese government historically has not been good at uh, creating effective enforcement mechanisms, and so what they're doing is they're looking to 
technology to to fill that gap. Uh, a great example is uh, traffic law. Um, you know, you have um, cameras, traffic cameras, pretty much at every single. Uh, intersection, every single major intersection here here in Beijing, and most of that is to make sure that people um, not 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 to prevent people necessarily, um, but to um, to catch them when they are breaking a traffic law, running a red light, um, taking a taking a turn that they shouldn't, um, stopping in a place where they shouldn't, and 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 so on and so on, um, and so the government, the Chinese government, obviously is. Um, Very interested in using technology for this purpose, and then on top of that, uh, it's this is this is a goldmine for for Chinese companies. I mean, if you ever hear this term "smart city" coming from a Chinese company, more than likely, what that means is they're working on some type of surveillance technology. Uh, for you know, again, for for better or for worse, and in in a lot of ways, you know, some some things could be used to make things more efficient. Um, so you know, maybe at some point down the road, facial recognition payments will actually lower friction. Um, but then also, as as you say, I mean, it basically gives the government eyes everywhere. And I think the the big problem here is that in like in the U.S., for example. Um, this is obviously going to be a problem, but at the very least, we would have some type of public debate about this.、Uh, maybe it would just end up the same, but at the very least, there is that sense of okay, there is this、uh, accountability of of what is okay for the government to do and what is not okay. Whereas in China, that debate just does not happen, and I think that's that's per- perhaps one of the most disturbing things about it.、Mm. Yeah, I agree, and I don't have any answers for for what we should do. <laughs> but it's coming.、Um, but we, we we're talking quite a bit about this facial recognition. Actually, what we really wanted to cover today was about the、um, just payments in general. I think for 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 AliPay and for for WeChat Pay.、Um, so this is just one of the new、uh, features that they're they're testing right now. But this whole area is is way ahead of the rest of the world in general.、Um, And what 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 AliPay and WeChat Pay have been able to do in terms of mobile payments and disrupting the whole retail banking sector in China is is very impressive, and I think a lot of people are looking to it and wondering will any of this really take off in the rest of the world?、Um, and and there's been there's been, there's been a, a few announcements in this area, especially on the Tencent side recently about what they're releasing. They're sort of catching up in in terms of what they're. Uh, the features that they're offering、um, for、uh, financial services on WeChat、uh, to make it more more like AliPay.、Um, so AliPay's been you know been in this area a lot long a lot stronger in this area、um, because of their the, their background in e-commerce and they they launched a product called、uh, Yourabout、um, many years back actually. And I think it was twenty twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Right.、Um, And it was super popular when it was launched、um, because it essentially allowed you to store money in your in your in your phone、uh, in your digital wallet, your AliPay wallet on your phone,、um, and and rem- in a in a sort of savings account, a virtual savings account that had a much higher interest rate than than the banks were offering, and、uh, you could remove and、uh, put money in and put money out of the the Yourabao account. Uh, really easily,、um, actually much easier than than your bank account.、Um, so it was it was a, a better service and a service that、uh, allowed you to essentially get a, a much better return on your money.、Uh, so it became super popular.、Uh, I, I think I don't think it's a 
exaggeration to say it was a, kind of a game changer for Alipay in my mind um, in terms of well, offering financial products uh, digitally. And, uh, and WeChat hasn't had that up until now, but only a few days ago, they've uh, made there's some, uh, some, some articles coming out there that they're beta testing this new feature, which is called Linchentong, and uh, it seems to be quite similar to URBAL. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty interesting because 2014 was the year of um, the, the Hongbao, the, the red envelopes for, for WeChat. That's when they introduced it and, and, it, and it really took off. Um, and, and it got a lot of uh, people into the ecosystem for them. And then with, with Alipay, that was the same year they launched uh, Yuebao, um, which got a lot of people into the ecosystem that, that weren't already there. Um, but it's actually really interesting because when Yuebao, so, so Yuebao and, and Tencent's products, they basically, they leverage the interbank rate. So this is this is the rate at which uh, banks lend each other money, um, and so when Yuebao launched, uh, the rate was at about six percent, um, which is like as you say, it's quite high, um, and even then it was it was uh, quite high for the time. Um, now, and this this is the funny thing, right? Because so many people got into it, and there were other products trying to um, from other companies trying to leverage something similar, that the government actually had to step in. And uh, and put a put a ceiling on the um, on the interbank rate, and so now it's at a, it, it's at around four percent, um, a little bit less or a little bit more at, ra- at around four percent. And so that's that's how um, people are making money. But again, as you say, it is um, higher than than um, putting your money in into into the bank. Um, but looking at you know the, so. So just just uh, just a few words. We'll try not to use them too much to con- to to confuse you. So Yuebao is the uh, the the product from from Alipay that was launched in 2014. Uh, in um, a few years after that, uh, Tencent launched Li Taitong, um, which is a product similar to. Uh, but not as seamless as Alipay's. And so what we're talking about today is something called Ling Tian Tong, uh, which is uh, their, their most recent. And so Ling Tian Tong, um, basically a rough translation would be easy change, basically. Um, and then Li Tai Tong is easy finance. Um, and so, so the idea behind Ling, Ling Tian Tong is that is is introducing that seamless um, those seamless transactions where basically any money that you leave inside your WeChat wallet inside what they call uh, your your LinkedIn um, inside the wallet that will be also used um, for the interbank rate and so you can make money. You can get uh, interest off of just sit, having your money sit there, and then you can use it to to make payments as you normally would, to send hongbao as you normally would, um, to put money in, to take money out, do do whatever you like. Um, and so, so as as you say, Matt, I mean, it, it it is potentially a game changer for for WeChat, and it's super interesting to see how both Alipay and and WeChat are are, are attempting to to basically be almost parallel services offering very, very similar products to their users. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 the Alipay and WeChat pay, uh, uh, so Alipay and WeChat in general, uh, they, they, they overlap in terms of what they offer massively. And the, there's been, last year I think it was, Alipay made big moves to try and push into social more um, and that mostly failed. And now this year we're seeing big moves from WeChat to move more into, into payments area and, and um, offering financial better financial services. So we'll have to see how it goes. 
But these guys are like fighting like crazy. I mean, they are the flagship products for Tencent and Alibaba uh, ecosystems. And um, yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they are fighting, they, they are mortal enemies, <laughs> essentially, in this battle for payments, which is so, so important for uh, for these giants. I think it's no exaggeration to say that, that payments is the big one um, in the long term for, for these companies. Uh, they're in a they're in such a such a great strategic position. Um, so if we if we abstract away and talk look at it a little bit on a higher level of what's going on with the economy here in China. So the banking retail banking has been dominated traditionally by uh, state-owned enterprises. Uh, I think there's the big the big four banks right in China's uh, Agricultural Bank of China, China Construction Bank, Bank of China itself, and uh, what's the other one? ICBC. ICBC, yeah. Yeah. So these 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 big four giants, which are essentially owned by the state, and they have traditionally dominated the banking sector. Um, their customer service is quite frankly terrible. Um, Absolutely they're, horrible. Yeah, it's a nightmare, <laughs> right? As a as a as a consumer dealing with with banks in China traditionally is is just horrible. It's it's a nasty experience. Um, there's no competition. It's an oligopoly. So, and there's no competition in terms of the rates that they offer you on savings accounts either. Traditionally, um, that's it was essentially a massive. Um, what's what's the correct economic terminology? I should know because I did my economics degree many many years ago. Um, it's a transfer of wealth between um, between from from uh, from from consumers over to the over to the the bank over yeah, to, to the, the bank go, to sector. the government essentially yeah uh, yeah to the government essentially because there there's an oligopoly and they're all offering the same low rates so if you put your the rates were so low before that it was something like 2% whereas inflation was much much higher inflation you know was was uh, considerably higher in fact um, so by leaving your money in the bank um, you're essentially losing money um, but there was no competition. There was no other option. And this is why Chinese housing sector became so super hot for so long and still is, um, because it, it, this was the situation for so long in China that saving your money in a bank was really stupid. Um, you were losing money. So everyone and, and, and people didn't really have the knowledge or the uh, or the ability, um, the accessibility to invest in stocks and shares like people do in the States. Uh, I think that's changing now. Well, it has changed. But but we're talking, you know, we're talking five, five years ago. I would say most of the population were not doing that. Um, so housing was really the, the, the one obvious area where you can invest your money and get a and get a decent return. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's that, that. Those are some really good points. I mean, basically, you know, Chinese people they've been they've been super hungry for investment vehicles. Yeah. Um, so you have you have real estate, which is uh, which, as you say, I mean, it's just um, absolutely ridiculous. Um, stocks and things like that. It, it is starting to take off, although the government is uh, very very careful about what they allow to happen on the stock market. Um, you know, there was a huge dip a couple of years ago, and um, the, you know the Chinese government had to step in and say, okay, no more trading for today. Um, I think that they've also um, 
They've also curbed short selling. So basically, that, so short selling, if you're not familiar, basically that means that um, if people are, are trying to make money at, on the stock price going down, right? And so that, that sometimes can actually uh, force a, a stock price to, to, to keep uh, declining and um, have some pretty, and, and technically, and could have some negative effects on, on the overall market. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Chinese people are, are, are very hungry for, um, for some, some type of investment. And I think that's also one of the reasons that we have, that there is a bit more of a, an entrepreneurial spirit in China as well, is because people need to make their money work somehow. And so maybe they're investing it in real estate, may, or maybe they're, they're investing it in their own business, or, or perhaps even someone else's business. So these Alipay and WeChat uh, pay now, um, they're, they're, they're able to mop up in this area because the offerings from the central bank and uh, the traditional retail banking sector are so bad. And uh, the experience, the, the, they're not customer-centric at all. They're not customer-focused. So um, <clears throat> they've been able to come in. And uh, if we use like WeChat as an, as an example, so um, before Lucky Money took off, um, which as we mentioned earlier, started around two, uh, 2014, 2015, when that, when that really started to take off, um, WeChat pays essentially piggybacking off the banking sector because in order to make it work you have to link your bank card so you first need a bank account right you can't you can't really make big transactions you can make small transactions with, with, with lucky money but you can't do anything significant without linking a bank card uh, and the same goes for, for alipay uh, in terms of the, how their app works uh, you have to link a bank card um, so both of these are, are connected to the traditional banking sector uh, they're piggybacking off of it right now but um, they own the customer touch point now. They, as, 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 a, as a consumer in China, I don't need to deal with my bank that much anymore. Um, I can do everything through my phone on these two apps. And so the banks have been abstracted away into a middleman almost in, in this sort of new paradigm. Uh, whereas before I would have to go to a cash point quite often. Um, and so I've got a really, I'm, you know, I might have more contact with my bank for other stuff. If I'm using Alipay or WeChat Pay for my financial products, for investment, uh, for my savings account, um, for transactions peer to peer, and for buying stuff in in stores, you know, where where do the banks actually fit into this in terms of the relationship with the customer? Well, the answer is they don't. Um, and although they are still involved because the whole thing is built around their their banking, you know, linking that card, all the money's coming from the banks right now. That's the situation right now. But what we're seeing here with Li Tai Tong opening up and Eurobao being there, and also there's been a, a new development uh, with, with WeBank as well, which is Tencent Online Bank open, offering cards, which can be linked together with WeChat. Um, we're starting to see the first moves uh, from, from, from Tencent side into what is the obvious long-term play for them, which is to cut the banks out, right? And uh, that's what the banks uh, are really scared about because that's the obvious thing for these guys to do because um, they own the customer touch point and they have the user habits and they actually, these guys have banks as well. Tencent has WeBank, um, Alibaba has their, um, their uh, bank as well, officially uh, um, internet banks, right? Which uh, are officially licensed from the government. So they're able to offer financial services legally, and uh, they they have the massive user bases built up now. They don't need the banks anymore, right? They've got everybody using their systems. Um, but 
I think probably their main concern is more government now. The the government, you know, the government wants control of it. And actually, there's there was some changes on WeChat Pay recently where um, now um, the the when for peer-to-peer transactions before that money was going into WeChat and and going from people and and the government wasn't really able to track it very well. Uh, they had to rely on Tencent to 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 give them that information. Whereas the, now they're setting up a new system where when you transfer even peer-to-peer on WeChat, that goes through a third-party platform, which is controlled by the government. It, it, from a user perspective, I don't think it changes anything. But from the back end, uh, it means that the government knows what's going on, essentially. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're offering, you know, they're, they're making these kinds of changes um, to the system because there's been such massive, massive uh uh, innovation in this area over the past few years, the government really hasn't been able to keep up with what's going on. Um, and, and we've talked about this before, right, with bike sharing and stuff, like the government has a little bit of hands off and, and kind of like, and then and then comes in with the regulation a bit later. So we're, we're seeing uh, more regulation in this area for right. sure, because, um, yeah, it's, there's been a huge shift in terms of where consumers invest their money and how they transfer their money in the past few years. Well, I think uh, I, I think it's 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 really interesting because um, you know if you look at um, so for example the the you know China China acceding to the to the World Trade Organization. Um, mm. One of the one of the one of the really interesting reasons that the Chinese central government wanted to uh, accede to to the WTO in the first place was to actually put pressure on domestic domestic policy so that they they actually could Im- improve it in in certain ways and so what we're seeing and, and you see the government do this in a, in a lot of different areas um, because it, it, the chi- Chinese governance is actually very very interesting you know there's there's a saying in Chinese uh, the mountains are high and the emperor is far away and I think that a lot of what we're seeing these days uh, on the one hand is China the central government um, trying trying its best to make Make sure that uh, people in the provinces and and in cities are actually following, are doing what the Chinese government wants, the central government wants them to do. And on the other hand, they're using like this kind of um, market forces almost, so external forces to implement policy changes or or, or to, to create changes in the market where in, so that they actually don't need to make any formal policy about this. And so I think that's kind of what we're seeing with um, with the these internet banks. Uh, one of the big, big problems with um, a state-owned bank is that they're, they're very, very risk-averse. And so what that means is they're going to um, give loans to larger companies. And in most cases, those larger companies are going to be state-owned as well. Uh, and so a lot of the, the the capital, a lot of the money from the banks and loans and things like that are going to go to the to the bigger companies. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about shadow banking, which is, which is a big, big deal. But shadow banking in, in a lot of ways arose because of um, SOEs, uh, because of state-owned banks being a bit too risk-averse and, and um, con- over-controlling money in a sense. And so what these... Um, what these internet banks do is they're now creating a, a lending market for small to medium enterprises. Uh, and, and ultimately what they're going to do is put pressure on the larger banks to actually reform, to, to make some changes within their service. And even if they don't, well, Alipay and, and Tencent, at, at the very, very least, they're filling in that gap 
that uh, these these larger banks just are, are not willing or are not able to actually um, enter themselves. And so I think on on the, on the part of the government, it's 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 really really smart because they 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 don't actually need to do very much. Um, they can just say, "Hey, we're just going to let this, as you say, we're going to let this develop, because we're going to because actually this could solve some problems for us." And then once it really begins to develop, then once you know it actually some of the, some of the more systemic problems are a bit more obvious, then that's we're going to that's where when we're going to come in and regulate to make sure it doesn't get completely out of control. Um, because I, I don't think I don't think ultimately. Uh, you know, WeChat Pay or Alipay, their internet banks or their services, I don't think ultimately they are actually going to threaten the big banks. Um, you know, I, I think that the government still has a vested interest in making sure that these big banks still do exist, but perhaps it's it's going to be, you know, a splitting off between, um, you know, what is consumer-facing and what is business-facing. And so you'll have, have the exactly. st- state-owned banks being in charge of, you know, um, these, these large loans, uh, making short make you know money money supply issues and things like that and then the internet and uh so internet banks are actually just more consumer facing and they're taking care of all of the the chinese chinese uh, uh consumers yeah i would totally agree but what we're talking about is um with that with, with regard to that last point because what we're talking about here is retail banking consumer banking it's it's not and that's just one part of the of the banking industry um so yeah, it's pretty amazing what's happened. Uh, essentially, a messaging app is now controlling 40% of, of the third-party online payments market. Uh, and uh, that, it, when we when we look at you know what's happened in China in this space, I think Alipay and WeChat Pay, just broadly speaking, have have had it lined up for them because. Um, and, and I don't, I don't want to make it so that it's just these guys innovating. Actually, the fintech se- sector in China, um, in terms of online services for like peer-to-peer micro, um, micro lending and things like that, is very, very vibrant. And there's lots and lots and lots of uh, startups and, and people doing very interesting things in this area. But um, for what we're talking about today, I think we're just focusing mostly on on, on Alipay and WeChat Pay and Tencent, Alibaba, because they're the big guys. Um, what they've been able to achieve is so impressive here in China, and it's it's there's a question is can you know why is that what what are, what are the really the factors that have enabled them to to do this and would it work outside China? Uh, is China a window into the future of what's going to happen? Are we going to see WhatsApp becoming you know a payment service uh, and 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 introducing you know peer to peer transactions in the same way as WeChat has, for example? Uh, is that is that possible in other parts of the world? These are the questions that people are asking. Yeah, it's really interesting questions as well. I mean, you know, WhatsApp they're they're introducing, um, you know, something very similar to um, so they're they're introducing enterprise accounts um, so that you know businesses can talk directly with uh, with their customers and things like that as as a business. And so rather than hey, you know, I'm the customer service person, you know, of, of this company, and I'm and I'm and I'm trying trying to help you as a customer fix a problem. Rather than doing that from my personal account on, on WhatsApp, I can now do that from from my business account, um, which is which is interesting, you know. And then Apple uh, there with iOS 11. 
They're introducing uh, peer-to-peer uh, tra- uh, transfers uh, through through iMessage via via Apple Pay, and so that's that's becoming um, more uh, obviously that that that's that's going to be a bit more ubiquitous. Um, you know, we 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 we've talked a bit before about you know kind of how some of the things that Apple are doing and whether or not it's it's good strategy on their part, whether or not they're going to be successful with it. But I think the fact that Apple is introducing something like this does show that there is this potential. Um, internationally for it. And and I think also one of the big questions is not just like, are these Western uh, providers going to be, you know, doing this internationally? You know, where's the space for, for Alipay and, and for WeChat to offer this internationally? They've been expanding pretty, pretty aggressively, uh, mostly so far on, on the backs of, of Chinese tourists. Um, but they, but especially in, in, in Southeast Asia, they are looking at, you know, the underbanked, the underserved as entry points into, to directly offering their services. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that, the strategy of working from Chinese tourists first is, is a pretty obvious one. Uh, it's interesting how WeChat's, you know, in particular, their strategies changed from 2012 being, in 2013, you know, uh, going in, internationalizing and going for consumers as a messaging app, a, a sort of program that broadly failed. And now they're coming back in 2016, 2017 with quite a different strategy of uh, of going after payments, um, but as we alluded to earlier in, in in the podcast, Alipay is quite far ahead in this area actually of internationalizing. But we're seeing a flurry of deals happening this year in terms of payment providers that uh, people like Stripe, for example, teaming up with with both WeChat and Alipay to integrate them into their payments options. Um, so once they get round to serving all the all the tourists around the world of where they are. Um, that that's the sort of low-hanging fruit, as it were. Uh, then they can start to to do some more interesting stuff and really try to uh, replicate what's happened here in China in other parts of the world. I think you're right. The underbanked, um, the underserved in, in other sort of developing markets um, would be would be a good place to start. I mean, my my my, my biggest question though is, um, I mean, as as we've been talking about, you know, throughout this episode, is going to be regulation. Um, and, and whether or not foreign, so non-Chinese financial regulators or governments are how comfortable they're going to be with Chinese companies uh, mediating online transactions. Um, so that's 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 actually a big question for me because I mean you know when when we look at Southeast Asia when we look at some other countries you know. More and more, these are part of kind of China's uh, sphere of influence, if, if if you will. You know, with the uh, the one belt one road, they've they've made a lot of um, a lot of overtures about helping helping these countries and so on and so on. You know, with you know with the um, uh, with loans, infrastructure, and so on and so on. So I think that you know regulators may be a bit more um, friendly when it comes to you know actually allowing Alipay and, and WeChat again to mediate these these transactions. Um, but I do have to wonder, you know, when we're looking at the EU, when we're looking at um, when we're looking at Europe, um, excuse me, when we're looking at the United States, you know, how how welcoming are are these countries, these the governments and the people going to be about having a Chinese company doing doing that and having access to so much, so many to to, to bank records, to transaction records, um, to bank accounts, and and things like that, you know, and with with now. 
as you say, the uh, the the clearing. So so all trans all peer to peer transactions need to be cleared by the People's Bank of China by by a third party regulator. You know, is that I mean, what what what's the implication for that when they're dealing with you know foreign bank accounts? Is all that information going to go back to the PBOC as well? Um, and so these are really, really interesting questions, I think. And so, um, as you say, I mean, like the low-hanging fruit really is the Chinese tourists because it's just setting up that relationship between the merchant and and the the customer. But then when we're talking about actual, what if it's a German citizen buying something from a German merchant? You know, how how is that going to work? Yeah, there's a variety of, of, of factors here that or challenges rather that they're going to have. And to, to to answer your your point there, I think yeah, the, nobody's going to agree. But for for information going back to China, they know that that's just going to be a, a complete uh, PR disaster if 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 they need to do that. Um, what they I I could see this being more a case of them investing in local market um, best in class leaders in terms of the the space and then transferring their technology, their know-how and their money over to those guys to 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 make a, a bigger impact in the market in, in their local market and uh, and hopefully follow uh, in the same footsteps as, as what they've been doing. But since most other markets, especially the states, it's, it seems just so fragmented. Um, in terms of uh, you know what's going on, there's no in China the dominance that these two giants have over the mobile internet really gives them such a such a massive advantage. Uh, they can they can roll out a feature and pretty much everyone who's got a mobile phone in China knows about it and yeah, that, that that we can't discount that 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 power um, that that makes it so much easier to do things here in China. Uh, and then we've got, uh, you know, a, a population that is just a, totally addicted to their mobile phones and, and, and don't really use uh, other devices to, to do stuff. Um, and then the home, the home turf advantage of just understanding the consumers better and then having all these relationships set up with all the authorities and governments uh, bodies that they need to. So all of this stuff works against them once they go outside China. They really have to partner up in my mind. Uh, I think we've seen them a flurry of investments also in this area, right? Uh, MoneyGram was, was one of the big ones, right, in the States. So that, that, that strategy, I think, would make a lot more sense. Um, and also, they've just been able to build the user habits so well in China. I think I wrote a piece recently about the, uh, the, how Tencent's using charity as, as a, essentially as a, as a payment, as an incentivization mechanism for, for, for building um, habit of, of using mobile payments. So rather than for a long time, they've been using cashbacks, um, mini cashbacks uh, for, for people who, who, who use their mobile payment platform um, to, to buy things um, offline in, in sort of typically convenience stores. Um, but now they're, they're heavily pushing uh, this sort of um, charity coins where you can, when when you when you use their 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 uh, their payment service WeChat Pay, uh, you can you get these sort of virtual coins which you can donate to charity, and uh, that's essentially their version of what Alipay has been doing for a long time. They've had this feature called Ant Forest, uh, which again is incentivizing payments uh, through. Every time you you buy something with Alipay, you can uh, get some nutrients to nurture this virtual tree. And when the tree gets big enough, they'll actually plant a real tree uh, in the in the Mongolian desert. And um, 
uh, and Financial has made a, a huge PR deal about this, uh, how they've planted millions of trees um, in in the in Inner Mongolia. But essentially, it's PR in my mind. It's just uh, <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's actually kind of kind of sickening how uh, how how they've hammed it up so so much. Um, because all the, it really is just a cheap way for them to incentivize more people using mobile payments. Uh, they just worked out that psychologically that affects people, and it's it's cheaper than offering cashbacks. Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting, um, as you say, because I mean, also with the with the ten cent uh, charity drive, I mean, it was you could donate as little as one renminbi, and you would get this um, this painting. And what's what's actually really cool again, I think it, it's it's that. This painting, it's all it's all virtual, you know, and so that 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 was actually really cool. So for for one renminbi, I can get this 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 virtual reprint of uh, a painting that that a young child did did themselves. And so it's not like you know, okay, I'm going to pay a certain amount of money to get a real thing, but I'm going to pay a certain amount of money to get to get this virtual thing, and then I'm going to post it on my WeChat moments. Not only to show how good of a person I am, so in in the parlance it's called uh, 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 virtue signaling. Um, so I can go to my moments, I can I can virtue signal, and then other people are, are going to 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 want to get on board as well. And so I think that this is this is the really cool thing about how uh, WeChat and and the payments and all this stuff kind of really kind of ties together is that it's so easy for them to also leverage um, social the social aspect of of WeChat both the both the public moments, the news feed, but then also the private, the private chats as well. And so there's there's so much synergy there. It's it's really it's mind blowing if you think about it. Um, but but so but I think that it's it's also interesting to see, as you say, how they're exploring different ways of of incentivization. And I think that more and more, as you know, um, China goes through this uh, quote unquote uh, consumption upgrade, I think you're going to see this more and more because people aren't going to be so fixated on getting the best deal or making sure that. That they're saving so much money. Uh, rather, they're going to be looking for things that make them feel good. And as you say, planting trees or you know supporting supporting some type of child focused charity. I mean, it, it, it of course it, it always makes people feel good. But um, but yeah, but as you but as you say, I mean, it, it, we, we we talked about this earlier. We mentioned it earlier. But what's what's really interesting to me is that um, you know on the one hand, it is it is a bit fragmented in the sense that you have WeChat Pay and you have Alipay, um, two very separate ecosystems. I mean, they're, I mean, as far as I can tell, so unless, unless something huge happens, I mean, they're never, they're never actually going, going to work together. Um, and so you do have these two, two very, very separate ecosystems, but then just how similar they are to each other. And so you look at both with the financial products, uh, both with um, these, these charity in incentives, um, both, you know, Alipay has tried to introduce a social a social feature um, that ended up you know to comedic to comedic effect um, if you're interested in learning more I'll link I'll link to an article that details some of the problems um, and now you know and now they're um, also trying to copy the the mini programs from from WeChat and so you know I really do it, it's 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 one of those things like you look at the progress that WeChat has made um, since they first started doing payments, um, you know, you, got, you have to remember that this that, that WeChat as a product has only been around since 2011. I mean, I, I say only, but that's 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 
a short time compared to how long uh, Alipay has been around. So so WeChat as a product has been around since 2011. Um, and, you know, the, the WeChat Pay has been around since about 20, 2013. And so in four years, in four years, they're almost equal to, to, to uh, the user base of, of Alipay. Um, and so it's super, super interesting to see how Alipay is trying to catch up. So, so WeChat is trying to catch up with some of the financial products, but then Alipay is trying to catch up with some of the, uh, the other social features, uh, including the, the mini programs. Yeah, in terms of users, um, WeChat Pay always, uh, they quote 600 million now, and uh, Alipay quote 520. Uh, 520 users, uh, it's on their website. I, I checked it like last week. I was like, I was a little bit, I was, I was a little bit confused by that because usually the, the the industry standard is to say monthly active users, right? That's what people quote, not users. Users is doesn't really mean anything to me. It could be, it could be registered users. It could be. I think I think it's deliberately uh, quite vague. Uh, anyway, the, the the number they quote is 520, I believe, million uh, users for Alipay. Uh, essentially, Alipay, I think, in their PR stuff. Anyone who uses Taobao and anyone who uses Tmall to buy anything is essentially an Alipay user in terms of how they count it. And uh, from WeChat's PR side, in my mind, anyone who's sent a Hongbao is a WeChat Pay user in in terms of how they count it. So, um, yeah, I don't think that actually, I think their numbers are a little bit inflated. uh, I have no proof of that, So, but it just my. From my from my observations, that both of them are sort of in a, a PR war right now internationally to say that they have the more users. But um, mini programs is uh, an initiative for, from WeChat that that Alipay has also launched recently, um, and they actually got caught copying code for it, which was quite funny. Um, and maybe we can link link to an article on that for a, a little bit more of a deeper dive into that if you want to know. But essentially, uh, um, yeah, uh, the, the Alipay team got copy and code from WeChat team, um, which I imagine happens a lot in the Chinese internet space. You know, these these, these giants will have spies in, in, in each other's teams, and uh, there's a lot of copying goes on. I, I don't think copying is necessarily a bad thing, so I don't I actually don't really like using the term that much. Inspired, perhaps, is, is inspiration. They've gained inspiration is a better thing, because it really, um, in, in the internet space, it's, Everybody copies, right? So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but here, that maybe the boundaries have been overstepped in terms of like they literally did uh, copy and paste code, um, which I don't know actually about what the legal implications of that are. But nobody really talked about that in any of the stuff I read online no. uh, regarding yeah. that, or when I spoke to people about it. Nobody seemed to be bothered about the legal implications of that um, in in China. Um, I think it's just a, a sort of open industry secret that that's what goes on between these these companies is that they 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 do um, they they do have moles and spies and in, 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 and secrets and code between them goes back and forth. Yeah, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think um, it was just it was just one of those surprising PR failures on the part of um, Alibaba. I think. Um, as we said, you know their their PR is great, um, but it's and it's super interesting to see how how people react to this stuff because on the one hand, it makes their life so much easier, but on the other hand, you know they're willing to jump to jump on them for um, for some bad things that they that they may or may not have done. Um, I actually had one or two people suggest to me that this was <laughs> a kind of reverse PR yeah. thing from Alipay. 
and uh, I think there is a there's certainly I can't prove anything, but uh, it does kind of make sense. Actually. What do you What do you mean from from Alipay? You mean from WeChat? I mean like that Alipay. This is actually um, they, Alipay assessed. So this is the theory. Okay, it's complete like theory. Okay, there's the, <laughs> I'm not saying this is true. Right. But it does make sense that Alipay would who are also launching many programs and know that. Uh, everybody knows they're copying Alipay anyway. It's obvious, right? Um, so they don't need to worry about anyone claiming that. Um, but they do need to worry about how are we going to get people to actually talk about our mini programs, mm. right? It's like a, a problem they've got because essentially they're, they're completely copied and pasted. There's nothing new here. Um, and there's very little to talk about, essentially. Um, so what what better way than to, to do something like this? Where, Oops, sorry, we got copying code guys like just to get people to talk about it and actually be get 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 people uh, you know trying to use their mini programs mm. and, and thinking about it just in terms of mindshare having 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 that i don't know if that's actually true or not but hey it kind of makes sense i guess i wouldn't be surprised you know that some of the campaigns the marketing campaigns that happen in the chinese internet space are completely messed up yes exactly well exactly and i think i mean things things have things have gotten a bit cleaner but you know as we talked with kaiser a few episodes ago um you know the 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 PR market in China is it can be a bit murky, um, and, mm. and there 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 definitely are some shady things going on. Um, whether or not this was one of those shady things is 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 an interesting question. Um, I think that the theory that you just proposed about hey maybe this was just a way to get more mind share is is pretty compelling. Um, as you say, we have no evidence to back up uh, any theory uh, about this specific story, um, but I think it does it does it does make sense, and I think that this is one of those things where I kind of, I, I really have to kind of wonder what um, Alipay is trying to do because you know with WeChat, WeChat has social in it. It has this kind of platform in it already. I mean, WeChat is is a platform to do a lot of things, whereas Alipay. It's a tool, a tool for payment. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to introduce these social features. They're trying to introduce, you know, all these, uh, these other platform-like features. And I have to wonder if, if that's good strategy on, the, on their part. I mean, you know, WeChat introducing new financial products. Well, I mean, let's, let, let's face it. Financial products aren't that difficult. Um, because it, it a lot it's just it's money it's it's numbers uh, maybe maybe the difficult part is how how do you market it uh, not necessarily how do you execute it whereas with these social features and other types of things making it trying trying to make Alipay more of a destination rather than a tool I mean that's that's very difficult and I have to wonder again if it's good strategy on their part and whether or not they're just kind of wasting their time on it uh, I wouldn't say doing payment stuff is is easy. Um, I think there's massive technical challenges uh, involved from from speaking to people on 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 Tencent side for this. It is, you know, so, um, I remember speaking to uh, the the uh, Li Taitong uh, team at the, uh, uh, last year uh, briefly about um, the their credit the Tencent credit system, and uh, I was totally expecting them to have that out last year, um, but they 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 didn't have it. Out. It's it's still in beta testing. Um, I meant the uh, credit scoring is particularly difficult, right? So that, that's, that's actually something we haven't talked about. So uh, for, for, for listeners who don't know, Alipay actually has a massive advantage in the payments area because it has a, a credit score, a rating system called Sesame, uh, Sesame Credit that is widely adopted. And um, people, um, 
use that to for a variety of, 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 of ways now. Uh, for example, um, bike sharing is a good example, right? So like of for, for, for Alipay's uh, cooperation with OFO, uh, they were able to leverage Sesame Credit so that people with uh, fairly decent credit rating scores don't need to pay deposits uh, for the bikes. So it's got actually got a massive advantage for, for in that particular um, bike sharing uh, use case. Um, but uh, Tencent's been way behind on this, and uh, I was fully expecting them to have something out last year. And they, you know, it's obviously a lot more difficult than that. Um, they're, they're they're not you know holding back uh, because uh, just just to be slower. These guys are trying to move as fast as possible. Um, but this seems that maybe it's not just technical challenge, maybe it's regulatory challenge and, and things like that. But obviously, when they when they launch it as well, they need to get it right first time. There's not going to be a second chance. Uh, if they mess up their credit rating system somehow, then uh, it's going to be much more difficult to 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 uh, to get people to 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 use it a second time. Yeah, uh, com- completely. And so my so my so my point wasn't necessarily to um, to imply that somehow it's that 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 the technical side of all this stuff is 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 necessarily easier but i think that my but my 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 point here has more to do with uh, user habits has more to do with um you know because relationships relationships are 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 complicated they're they're strange um things you know people are weird people you know some something that on paper internally it looks good you you launch it and like oh my gosh this doesn't work at all um and so again so when it comes to alipay strategy in terms of trying to copy um, or trying to do similar things that WeChat is doing in terms of social or in terms of, you know, again, making it a destination, making it a platform um, rather than rather than just a tool. It feels like it's kind of taking them kind of away from what, what Alipay is really good at, which is which is being a tool. You know, you, you take out Alipay when you uh, want to pay for something, when you want to manage your finances and things like that. Um, and whereas WeChat, again, it's it is it is that platform. And so, yeah. So, again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to you know, say that that technically it's easy all i'm trying to say is that users and user habits are are very difficult yeah user habits are the key for sure um people have the ingrained habit of using wechat for social uh, and, and qq for social and uh, they don't need another social app really right most, most people and, that, and that's a huge problem for alipay but having said that people also have the ingrained habit of um, if I want to invest in financial products or make large transactions, then I use Alipay. Exactly. Um, so that's their massive advantage over WeChat. To be honest, most consumers um, they look at WeChat Pay as 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 something that's used for smaller transactions mm. and used for peer to peer. If they're going to make a serious purchase, they'll break out Alipay. And, and personally, as a user, I use both for payments, and I do feel that Alipay has, has got a better user experience in terms of um, managing money and, you know, just small things like every month it gives you a, um, a report on the money you've spent, you know, where you well, spend it and what days you, you spend it on, and you can break down that data. Um, that little stuff like that is uh, um, on, on my Huawei phone. I can, I can tap to pay with it. I can't do that on WeChat. Mm. Um, things like that. So the the user experience for payments on Alipay is definitely better than WeChat. Um, and the user habits and and just the sort of mind space in terms of I need to make a payment. Okay, Alipay is the default payment app exactly, exactly. Uh, that I'm going to use. That's embedded in in Chinese people's minds. So they do have a massive advantage also uh, that that WeChat uh, doesn't have. And uh, let's, let's let's be honest, they're sort of trailblazers in this area. So. Uh, Alipay has, you know, WeChat is very much, very much riding off the coattails 
of what Alipay has been able to do in sort of building um, people's familiarity and uh, being comfortable with with making not just mobile payments but from back in the day online payments in general um when when Taobao started you know that the escrow system uh, and using alipay was revolutionary and then when they were competing with ebay um way back in the day you know they were really uh, uh, what they did was was massively innovative and uh, they've single-handedly sort of dragged online payments into the into the into the Chinese mindset and 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 made it popular um, through the work they did many many years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, and that's that, that's kind of my point. I mean, because it just seems like they're um, losing focus a little bit. And and for me, I think that companies really should focus on what they're good at and, and improve and improve their 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 core product. Um, you know, eighty twenty rule. You know, twenty so eighty percent of your returns are going to come from twenty percent of 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 what you do. So we want to make sure that that twenty percent is um, focusing on the really really good stuff, the stuff that you're really good at, the stuff that uh, you you already have that user base for, and, and building a moat around it. Um, conversely, conversely, you could have argued the same for WeChat years ago. You could have said, "Why is WeChat trying to be a payments app?" Right, that's a good point. That doesn't make sense. Like, just stick to social, guys. Um, but just by having that there, I think actually what I've worked out with these internet companies, uh, the, the big guys, uh, and give you another, another example, uh, Tencent has like a, actually an operating system called Tencent OS. I think it's called uh, Lanjin, right? Blue Whale. And nobody uses it. <laughs> nobody uses their, their operating system. Um, it's, I, I can't, I don't know a single person that, that uses Lanjin. But they have it. They have a division there. And they have an operating system. And if one day there's an opportunity for them to move into operating systems that opens up, they'll be they'll be much better prepared than if they didn't have that division, right? And so I think a lot of it is is especially for the big guys making sure that they have something, they have some products in this area. They know that it's got very few users. But it's it's a starting point that we don't know where things go in the internet space. Nobody could have predicted that uh, WeChat would become such a big payments platform four years ago, um, but now it is. And by having Tempay there, uh, which again wasn't 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 that great, uh, didn't have was was getting killed by Alipay, you know, five years ago. But they had Tempay there. Okay, they were using it for for other stuff like like payments and games and stuff, um, which is pretty important. But they, you know, having 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 these divisions which are in, in all these different areas does have that benefit that they're able when when, when suddenly there's a there's a game changing uh, shift somewhere in the ecosystem they're much better prepared. Well, I think that's that's actually a really good point. Um, so so I think that 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 really I mean in terms of long long term strategy, WeChat Pay was super smart for Tencent because what they're doing is they're they're building an ecosystem. They're building you know um, social. Uh, entertainment gaming ecosystem uh, around all of their products, and they're monetizing directly off of that, uh, either via subscriptions um, for their for their music and for their for their video stuff, or for um, in-app purchases, um, things like that for for their gaming, and then of course the financial products inside of WeChat. But I think that 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 really it makes a lot of sense because you think about the discussion they were having, you know five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, where they say, okay, look, we, we see this trend of people willing to pay for stuff. We can get people to start paying for stuff, but do we really want to have 
Do we really want to, you know, have Alibaba processing those transactions? Do we really want to have Alipay, you know, in the middle of uh, of our of our relationship, our financial relationship between um, between between us and and the user, between us and and the people paying for paying us for stuff? And the answer, I think, was no. They and so I think that's that's actually perhaps one of the big big reasons they wanted to have this uh, financial this these this financial service, this ability for people to pay, is so that they can keep every single thing in house. I mean, obviously, they still have yeah. to pay Apple uh, for for the transactions that you know happens through through uh, through Honor of Kings and things like that. But everything else is it's all through them. It's all first party, and they can control everything. As it turns out, that's all the time we have for this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd really appreciate it if you left a, a review on iTunes. Or if you're in Overcast, you can hit the star button. If you're in Pocket Cast, you can hit the, the recommend button. It's a great way to show your support. Mm-hmm.